Welcome to How Travel Writers Self-Publish. This podcast brings you the most up-to-date and relevant advice, tips, and strategies to get your travel book written, self-published, and marketed to a global audience. And here's your host, travel writer and digital nomad, Jay Artali. This week we're mixing it up a little bit and we're actually doing a comparison of how authors use writing tools differently. And I'm joined by historical fiction author David Penny. So David, can you tell us a little bit about the kind of books you write? Yeah, sure. Like you say, they're historical fiction. They're historical mysteries. So everyone is is like a detective story. They're set in southern Spain in between the years 1482 to 1492. And they're set in Andalusia, around Granada area, Seville, Cordoba, Malaga. And they're told with a partly Islamic background because that area of Spain was Islamic at that point in time. And they feature an English surgeon called Thomas Barrington, who has a six foot two sidekick who's a eunuch and basically they they go out and they solve crimes well it's great to have you join me here today so what i wanted to do is just look at how we use writing tools differently because i know we have listeners who write travel narratives or fiction travel memoirs so as you write fiction the way that you use the writing tools is going to be more relevant to them than how I use them when I write travel guides. Every author is writing something different and in a different niche. And there's more than one way to skin this author writer cat. So if we can start off by looking at writing and then we'll look at publishing and just look at the different tools or processes that you use and and see any any key learnings that you've had along the way when you've been doing your uh, writing or self-publishing. I suppose really it depends on what your writing process is. I'm very much a plotter rather than a pantser. So I will sit down and I will plot all of my novels out in advance before I start writing chapter one. Other people will sit down and they will have a vague idea or a scene in mind or a character in mind or a situation and they will write. So really that I have a process. So the first thing is to plot my book. The second is to actually write it, then to edit it, if we were having this conversation a couple of months ago, I'd have probably said the first part of that process for me is based on a piece of software called Scrivener, which is, am I right? You use that as well, Jay? Yeah, wouldn't be without it. When I discovered Scrivener, it was like, uh, you know, a Damascene scene. It just answered all these questions and all these frustrations that I'd had with words for like 30 years or something. And they all went away because it was exactly what I'd been looking for. However, interestingly, lots and lots of people I meet hate Scrivener and refuse to use anything but Word. But anyway. The biggest thing for me for like nonfiction is being able to chunk up the content in smaller sections, yeah. which is what I do when I plot out, and then moving sections around. Is it the same when you're doing fiction that you move bits around and you write in chapters and segments so that you can? shuffle your content? Probably less so because fiction tends to be more sequential. And particularly as I as I plot the books out in advance, there's less room for moving stuff around. Although having said that, I know the last book I wrote, the last fiction book I wrote, I did change huge sections around simply because they they didn't fit the the way I wanted the book to look. If you tried to do that in Word, it would be almost impossible. Yeah. And Scrivener just makes it so easy. 
I can understand if you're doing nonfiction, it would be even more productive because you. I do, however, I do the same as you though. I write in small chunks, and so I write little bits, and it just makes it so easy to knock one out or to copy a bit from one to the other. However, my biggest thing about Scrivener is it has never, ever, ever lost any of my work, and I cannot say the same thing for work. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely rock solid. I, I don't know if you've ever had an issue with it, and. Um, it backs all your work up every two set two seconds, I think. So sometimes my machine has crashed. I've run out of battery. Something drastic's gone on, and I've just started everything up, and everything's exactly where I left it. Well, I think the big that's the biggest challenge with Scrivener is because it has so much functionality. I'm sure lots of users that write in it don't even know that it's being backed up and wouldn't even know where to find that source file. But I I synced my Scrivener up to Dropbox so that I could yep. um, write on my phone. And that's actually what I've been starting to do a lot of because mm. I've got um, like my hands are hurting because I'm writing so much. So I use the voice to text on my phone directly oh, yeah. Scrivener app on my on my iPhone and then it updates the versions and the key thing here is you have to shut down if you're working yeah. on a computer on your phone you have to shut them down and sync so that you don't get mm. conflicts of content but that has been really helpful when I'm in a place that I can't write that I can just say write you know write notes or yeah. write a blog post or something because I use it for, for all my content creation yeah, a lot of people are really into dictation now, voice to text. And like you, I, I've got it on my phone and on my iPad. Although, to be honest, I don't really use it offline. I'm, I'm very much a fingers on the keys sort of person. When you plot, do you plot directly in Scrivener or do you use Scapple? That's their other software. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I have Scapple and I did use it at one point and I've stopped. I think the benefit is that you can plot out in Scapple and then import the the plot that you've done and it yeah. creates chapters based on the boxes that you've created. So I keep meaning yeah. to do it, but I, I like doing my plotting on a piece of paper and then I'll use those index cards for the points that I, do that I want to write and then use those as my trigger point. That's right. I've done exactly the same thing. I've uh, When I'm in my office in the UK, I've got a a big board stuck to the wall and I just stick notes on it until I'm happy with it. And I, I can't remember who it was. I read a book by somebody and they said they spend 80% of their time plotting and going over these note cards and saying that one fits there and doesn't fit there and that adds to the story and doesn't add to the story. I'm, I, I used to not do that and now I do that more and more as time goes on. So I'm spending more time plotting and less time actually writing. So I can, I will spend... 50% of the time plotting and maybe 30% of the time writing and 20% of the time editing. I've been struggling actually with the process between me and my proofreader because it's a bit convoluted. So my proofreader doesn't have Scrivener, so I have to export it out to Word and then send them the Word copy and then they mark it up with, you know, accept, reject changes. And then I do it and then I import it back into a different... Scrivener file and I just import it all back in but then when I import the Word document all back in it, I lose all of the formatting styles and then as I use my Scrivener as my source document for formatting my ebooks in one program and my print books in another program I spend a lot of time reformatting. 
How do you do your yeah, control? I, I jump ship at that point. So I, I, I work in Scrivener 100% and, and I'm working in it now. And as soon as I've done my structural edit and, and my final proofread and made sure everything hangs together, I'll compile it into Word, which you can do quite trivially from within Scrivener. And then I'll send that Word document to my structural editor. She will mark it up. And so I'll get loads of comments in, in the, the sidebar in Word. At that point, I lock Scrivener off. I will never go back to the Scrivener document. And I work in Word from that point onwards which I hate, but at this point it's okay and I will put up with it simply because it's easier. When I'm happy with it, I will proofread it in Word and I will compile it using Vellum, which we haven't talked about. Um, I know you use Vellum, don't you, Jane? Yeah, I use Vellum and I, I like importing my Word document into Vellum and it doesn't take too long to reformat it. Yeah. The challenge that I have is I use iStudio Publisher for my paperbacks and end up reformatting it again which is where I'm struggling. I think non-fiction is different from fiction at this point. Once I've got it into vellum that's I don't need to do anything else. I produce my ebook from it and I produce my print book from it because fiction doesn't have the formatting requirements that non-fiction is going to have. So I'm in a much better situation than you are. Well, it's been really interesting to get a different perspective on how you use Scrivener versus how I use Scrivener for nonfiction. Knowing how versatile this writing tool is, I'm sure we could fill up many an hour-long show chatting about it. But we're running out of time on today's show. So thanks for taking time out of your writing schedule today, David, and chatting to me about Scrivener. It was good fun. Always is. All right. Cheers, Jay. See ya. You've been listening to the How Travel Writers Self-Published Podcast hosted by digital nomad and travel writer Jay Artali. Visit us at www.birdsofafeatherpress.com.